0: Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good late morning. All right. Um, How many recognize God always saves the best for last? And uh, we had a great first service packed house. Over 10 people accepted the Lord just uh, in our first service. Yeah, can we give our, the Lord a great big hand for that? That is so good. Well, it's so good to be back home. We, we travel a whole bunch right now, and, and how many recognize there's no place like home? And uh, this is our home. Kelly and I, we desperately love you. We miss you and uh, it is an honor to be home today. Um, wanna, I want to uh, introduce a, a very significant couple. Um, matter of fact, they were so, they're so significant that they were an integral part in the life and the history of Christian Faith Center. As a matter of fact, this couple is so significant in this family that the church that God is building through our new pastor, Pastor Jordan, and Pastor Amanda is being built upon the foundation that this family laid. We have uh, Pastor Nick, and Janice Bueller with us. Would you just shoot up a hand? I know I'm not supposed to, but uh, but we honor you, love you, and your family so very much, and we desperately miss um, Pastor Bueller. But thank God for heaven and, and eternity. Um, well, I'm going to ask my wife to start. She uh, shared something really powerful, something that happened out of a tragedy, and I think you're going to enjoy this. Go ahead, hun.
1: Well, good morning it's on. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, I wanted to share with you a couple weeks ago, we had the awesome uh, opportunity to vacation in Sun Valley with our grandkids. That's actually an oxymoron. Vacation, grandkids. We came home to rest. But while we were there, um, on the second day, I woke up, took a shower, went looking for my wedding ring, and could not find it. Now, I'm not a very materialistic person. I like nice things, but they come and go. But my wedding ring? I think it's because of the covenant that it represented. My husband, uh, at 40 years of marriage, which, yes, I know, but I was five. So, um, youngest child bride ever. Um, took me to a jewelry store, picked out a beautiful stone, picked out the setting, and had a custom ring made for me to celebrate the covenant that we made 40 years ago. By the way, folks, marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. So we shouldn't break it so easily, amen? But anyway, I um, could not find my wedding ring everywhere, anywhere. And so I tore that townhouse apart. I looked in every drawer. I looked on every closet. I looked in every compartment. I unzipped everything. I looked in the refrigerator. Because that ring represented something very precious to me, and I knew it was irreplaceable. And after about six hours, when I couldn't cry anymore and I couldn't look anymore, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, You think you care about that ring that represents the covenant. I made a covenant with people, and I care a million times more than that about souls. Furthermore, I care that much for you. And he brought this scripture to me out of Matthew chapter 13. It says, When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had, in exchange for it, I love with a note say, it says, You are the exquisite and unique pearl. As his beloved follower that came from the wounded side of Jesus Christ, you prompted him to give up all, including his sacred blood, in exchange for having you as his very own. If I could, I would look into your soul and I would say to you, if you're struggling with life esteem today, don't do that anymore. Understand that he bankrupt heaven for you, that you are his exquisite and precious pearl. And furthermore, if he cares that much about our soul, How much does he care about the souls that are out there in the world dying and disillusioned and confused right now? So people of God, I just challenge you. Take what he has done for you out into the world and share with them the covenant that you enjoy and know. Amen? Amen. God bless you.
0: Thank you, hon. You guys will like her message a lot more than mine. It happens all the time. Um, I want to uh, begin by honoring Pastor Jordan and Pastor Amanda. Um, again, they are celebrating their 15-year wedding anniversary. Uh, how do you know it's 15 years? Because I was there. I officiated their wedding. And I almost had a picture up because it's proof that before I met Pastor Jordan and Pastor Amanda, I had a full head of hair. So, uh, but I want to honor them. And as they celebrate a wonderful, wonderful wedding ceremony, um, why don't we just pray blessings over them? Can we do that? They're, They're getting away being refreshed, renewed, celebrating. Let's bless them. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for our pastors. Would you bless Pastor Jordan, Pastor Amanda? Bless them, Father. And as they celebrate you and this covenant that they have entered into 15 years ago, not just one with another, but with you. We pray that refreshing, renewal, and Lord, I believe he's preaching a little bit as well. And anoint him powerfully, and Father, we thank you that you're going to bring him home safely. So we thank you for our pastors, and we bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? It's kind of interesting. Um, Authority is not authority until you are submitted to that authority. And it's interesting that there are times where authority and submission are tested. And as a matter of fact, uh, I shared this in the first service, but I had this preaching assignment from Pastor Jordan. He said, Dad, I'd just like for you to learn a series of trust issues and learning through the life of Peter. So I literally worked five hours developing a sermon for today. And uh, I sent it to him. And Pastor Jordan immediately Gets back, calls me, he said, Dad, you, you can't preach that sermon. And I said, well, why? He said, because that's what I'm preaching in two weeks. <laughs> so submission to my new pastor was front and center, so I said, all right, son, but this one's really going to cost you. So I'm going to be talking about trust issues, but not through the life of Peter, through someone else that you will recognize. But uh, I want to honor and bless him as well. I also want to give you an update on Kelly and I. Um, We uh, are uh, full throttle in a ministry called Dream Builder Ministries. And uh, we're literally coming alongside businesses, pastors, and churches and helping them achieve their God given dreams. We're working with 10 churches, Assembly of God churches in Arizona, five in Idaho, and two in Alaska. We're also doing all kinds of stuff as well, but God is faithful, He's good, and Kelly and I are just loving this season of life. So we just need, we just get to pour into Pastor Jordan and Amanda, he makes these big faith decisions, and we just try to put the fire out with Holy Ghost gasoline. But Kelly and I are doing great, and uh, again, we miss you deeply and terribly, so it is wonderful to be with you. So Trust Issues, what a great series, I, I really like that. Trust issues. How many recognize that uh, trust can be easily broken? And the older I get, (laughs) and I'm getting quite old, um, the more I recognize that people will walk into your life and people will walk out of your life. That God and God alone is worthy of our trust. He's the one. I understand people will walk into your life and they will leave you. But the Bible said that He would never, ever leave us nor forsake us. Somebody say amen. He said, I will never leave you. I understand people will walk into your life and they'll leave your life. But once he walks into your life, he said, I will never leave you and I will never, ever forsake you. Another translation reads, I will never leave you, never, and I will never loosen my grip on your life. How many grateful when we're weak, he is strong. And it's not about our grip. It's about his grip and his grip is strong. Can you say amen? Um, it's just kind of interesting. So here's I, I, I trust. What is it? According to the dictionary, reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. And as Pastor Jordan asked me and gave me this assignment, the first scripture that immediately came to my mind is Proverbs chapter three verse five and six. The Bible says, "Trust." in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your paths. So the Bible said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I- I'm going to trust him when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to trust Him on the mountain. I'm going to trust Him in the valley. I'm going to trust Him when I'm confused. I'm going to trust Him when I'm in pain. I'm going to trust Him when I don't know what to do. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I am going to trust the Lord. And as we do, the Bible said that He will direct our past. How many want the Lord to direct our past today? Come on, then we need to trust in the Lord with all of our I'm not going to withhold anything. I understand you let me down. I understand you abandoned me. I understand you lied about me. I understand you walked out of my life, but my God would never do that, nor will he. So trust in the Lord, with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your, your path. So the question that I would like to propose, one of several today, is can you trust God's will, God's purpose, and God's plan for your life? On the count of three, let's just shout yes. One, two, three. Yeah. Yes. Can you trust God's will, God's plan, God's appointment, God's purpose for your life? Um, We've all heard the adage, and, and this is so profound, wouldn't it be horrible to spend your life accomplishing things that really didn't matter? And again, as I'm growing older, I'd like to say just maturing, but I look in the mirror and trust me, I'm growing older. I'm going to be 63 September 10th, 63 years, not young, old. Um, So I thought about this. Do you realize, do you realize the only time in our lives when we like to get old is when we're kids? Let me prove it to you. If you're less than 10 years old, you're so excited about aging, you think in fractions. How old are you? Well, I'm I'm four and a half. You're never 36 and a half. You're four and a half, going on five. And you get into your teens, now they can't hold you back. You you jump to the next number, even a few ahead. How old are you? Well, I'm I'm gonna be. 16. You could be 13, but hey, you're going to be 16. How many know what I'm talking about? And then the greatest day of your life happens. You become 21. Kind of sounds like a ceremony. I became 21. Yes. But then you turn 30. What happened here? Wait, wait. It, it makes you, you turn 30. It makes you sound like sour milk. He turned, had to, had to throw him out. So let's review. I want you to get this. This is so profound. Change your life. So you become 21, you turn 30, and then you're pushing 40. Whoa. You put on the brakes. It's all slipping away. And before you know it, you reach 50. Anybody 50 or above in the house? Let me see your hands. Yes. Not going to stop there. But wait, you make it to 60. You didn't think you would. How many here made it to 60? Not going to stop there. So review. We well, just want to make sure you get this. Pastor Jordan will probably n- never invite me back to preach. So so you become 21, you turn 30. You push 40, you reach 50, and you make it to 60. You've built up so much speed that you hit 70. Can I get some 70 plus? Come on, give me some love. Can you say amen? So you hit 70. And after that, it's a day-by-day thing. You hit Wednesday. <laughs> okay, I'm not done. This is good. I'm not done. <sighs> Forgive me, Pastor Jordan. So, so review, review, review. Um, you become 21, you turn 30, you're pushing 40, whoa, you put on the brakes, you go all slipping away before you know you, 50, and, and then 60, and and then then 70, so so listen, you built up so much speed, you hit 70, and after that, it's a stay-by-day thing, uh, so here we go. Now, you get into your 80s. Come on, any 80 plus? I feel that way. Can I, I'm going to raise my, I'll be 63, but friends, I'm a very high mileage, 63, So you get into your 80s and every day is a complete cycle. You hit lunch. You turn 4.30. You reach bedtime. (laughs) Dear Lord, trust. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways. And the Bible promises that He shall... Direct our path. Can you trust God's plan? Yes. I want to talk to you about one word today. I want to talk to you about the word appointment. On the count of three, I want you to scream appointment. One, two, three, appointment. Look at your neighbor and say, You have an appointment from God. Look at your second choice and tell them, You look good for everything you've been through. Go ahead. You have an appointment from God. Can you trust God? Our lives, listen, have been appointed for what? I'm so glad you asked. For sacred purposes and service. Our lives have been appointed for sacred purposes and service. Why did my mother not abort me at the very last second? We were in the doctor's office. She had abortion pills in her hand. She opened her mouth and got them within six inches, and she said, when I found out about my story, she said, son, something stopped me. I want to let you know, it wasn't something that stopped my mama from eating those pills and killing me. It was someone. Why was I not aborted? Because God had a sacred purpose and appointment for my life. How many in the house, and you'd be open and honest and say, you know what, Pastor Monty, it was a car wreck, it was a surgery, it was a disease, but I'm a living miracle. I should not be here today. And I want everyone to look around. Shoot your hand up high. You are here because God has an appointment for your life. That appointment is sacred. It's a sacred appointment of service in Jesus' name. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, and guess what? I appointed you as my prophet. the nations. You have been appointed by Almighty God. Every step of your life has led you to this moment where you are right now. Every setback, every victory, everything that you did in your life, every attack of the enemy that you survived. Listen, the Bible says that God turns what the enemy meant for harm for good. Can you say amen? You are here because God has An appointment for your life. And if you do not discover and embrace and fulfill your God given appointment, you miss out on the very reason why you were born. This is serious. It's absolutely vital that we understand that we have been appointed by God. So I want to just talk through this just a a little bit. Now listen, here's the key, here's the key. Uh, Where can our appointment be found? Most of the time, it's my experience, that our appointment is found on the other side of pain. On the other side of pain is normally where your appointment is, That sacred appointment for service is found. So here's the key. You must turn yesterday's pain into today's platform. So you got to get your past under the blood that was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago so you can be healed and made whole so that that pain, what tried to destroy you, even self-destruction choices can now become your platform. You've got to get that addiction. You've got to get that abandonment. You've got to get those critics. You've got to get it under the blood so that the pain of your past can be the platform of today. Can you say amen? amen. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, the Apostle Paul. He said, I praise all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. He's our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Now listen, He comforts us in all our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. Did you get that? The Bible says He comforts us, our, our loving, merciful Father. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. So can I sum up? How do you, I've been a Christian for 42 years now. been preaching for 33 years, and I hear this all the time. Pastor Monty, I just wish God would show me what His purpose is for my life, what His plan is for my life. I just want to make sure I know what God's will. And I believe that there are seasons that we must all ask that. But can I answer that for all of you? How many would love to know what God's purpose, what God's plan, what God's destiny is for your life? Let me see your hands. I'm going to give it to you right now. Some of you are never going to be the same. Here it is. What God has done for you, do for others. What God has done for you, do for others. Do you know ministry is simply an act of service given in Jesus' name? You have an appointment from Almighty God. On the other side of your pain is often where your sacred purpose is found, on the other side. Um, The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He shall direct your path. Again, I want to ask you the same question. Can you trust God's appointment for your life? On the count of three, yes. One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you an interesting question. Is it possible... Is it possible to hear from God and to understand what His appointment is for your life, that sacred sacred, um, purpose for service, is it possible to know that and run from God and miss God? When I think, again... My second sermon that I prepared for this week, Pastor Jordan owes me. But as I was putting through this, I, I thought, running from purpose, running from destiny, running from an appointment, there's one guy in the Bible that really stood out, Jonah. How many know that Jonah ran for the purpose, that appointment, that was sacred, that God has spoke over his life? So let's talk about this just for a moment. Jonah. Jonah's appointment, we know this was to preach to the people of Nineveh. That was his appointment. You have an appointment from God. Jonah's was to preach to the people of Nineveh. And we know the story. He ran from his appointment. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord caused, he's running, so the Lord caused a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the thrish, th- the fish, three days and three nights. And then we know that he was gently and politely ushered out of the belly of the great fish. And he landed in this beautiful resort. The boy was vomited up on the beach. Jonah chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Listen. Remember, the Lord caused a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah chapter 4, 6 through 8. And the Lord caused a plant to grow and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God caused a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered and died. And, and that would happen when the sun arose that God caused a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and that he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. I believe that the most depressed, distressed, unstable people are people who are running from their appointment? You've heard from God. And I understand that some of us, well, well, Lord, you, you know, I'm just a skinny guy that got born again 41, 42 years ago out of the drug culture in Northern California. I struggled with the appointment. God, I I don't have this heritage. I I, I don't I ain't got any of that. Lord, don't you remember how many people, the mistakes I've made, and the, the pain, and the, we, we wrestle with that sometimes. But can I tell you, you have an appointment from God, and the only thing you have to do with it is submission and obedience, because it's not about you, it's about God in you. He's the running prophet. So notice with me the ramifications of Jonah running. Number one, notice that God caused a large fish to swallow Jonah and puke him up on the shore. Next, God caused a leafy plant to grow and provide shade for Jonah. Next, God caused a worm to eat the plant. Finally, God caused the desert wind to blow from the east. My, 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 Jonah, you can run, but you can't hide. I wonder if there's anybody here. I wonder if there's anybody here. God called you. God blessed you with His anointing. Maybe it was when you were ten at a children's camp. Maybe you were a teenager. Maybe you were just in an anointed service, and the touch, the hand of God marked you, and said, "My son, my daughter, I got an appointment for your life. It's a lot bigger than you, but it's a God appointment." I wonder if there's anybody in here that's running. Learn a lesson from Jonah. You can run, but you cannot hide. Wherever you land, you will find God reminding you of the appointment He spoke over your life. And listen, it was only after these things that Jonah was fully able to comprehend and know the heart of God. I wonder, what if I told you, what if I told you, um, God caused, God caused, God caused. What would you think if I told you that in the original language, it does not say God caused? What's our word on the count of three? Scream it, one, two, three, appointed. Appointed. What if I told you in the original language it does not say caused. It says God appointed. There's going to be a perspective shift that's going to happen in your mind today, in your spirit. The hurtful, painful things, even mistakes that you thought were disqualifying you. Oh, I guess I'll have to choose somebody else. No, I I want to shift your mind today. I want to shift your spirit. I want you to see it through a different lens. It doesn't say that God caused a large fish to swallow Jonah. It says God appointed the large fish to swallow Jonah. It doesn't say God caused the plant to go. It said God appointed the plant to grow. It doesn't say God caused the worm to eat the plant. It says God appointed the worm to eat the plant. And the same thing with the wind. These things were appointed by God himself to bring Jonah to his appointed place of sacred purpose and service. Our lives have been appointed for sacred purposes and service. Every large fish that has swallowed us and puked us up on the shore was appointed by God to get us to this sacred appointment of purpose and service. Every worm, every plant, every wind appointed by God to get us to this appointed place of sacred purpose and service. Here's where the rubber hits the road. A lot of times we think our mistakes, those attacks, people abandoning us, people lying about us. They're just saying, I'm never going to be. No, listen, you need to understand. Move your mind and understand that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. It was those setbacks that got me to where I am today. I would not be standing before you had I not been swallowed by some fish, had some worms eat, whatever, had the wind blow. Listen, God uses everything to get us to where He needs us to be for this Sacred, Almighty God, appointment. If you believe it, put your hands together. Can I say this? Um, I've never met a strong person with an easy past. I've never met a strong person with an easy past. How many in the house? You've been through some things. You've seen some things. We've we, we, we've been dropped. We've been neglected. And we can have some trust issues. But our earthly father is not like our heavenly father. Our walk with people is not like our walk with God. He's not going to walk in and walk out. He's going to woo you by the Holy Spirit. He's going to remind you of the call, that sacred purpose upon your life. Well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, no, no. You are not a stay-at-home mom. That is your sacred appointment. You are raising your beautiful children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Well, I'm a business owner. No, sir. No, ma'am. That is your appointment. And God wants you to live a godly life and turn it around for the glory of God and utilize it to finance and fund the kingdom. Every single thing in our lives must be used for the glory of God. But you got to trust Him. Now, it's very interesting to me, and I, I'm almost finished. Um, I don't know if those of you who heard me preach a few years, you know that I, I probably say I'm almost finished several times. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I mean it this time. Okay, Jonah. The prophet of God. His appointment to preach to the people of Nineveh. How many recognize we've been appointed by God? You know what saddens my heart? Is that Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. He hated them. He ran because he didn't want them to repent and he didn't want God to show them mercy. Man of God, Jonah. He hated the people God had appointed for him to preach to. Can you imagine preaching to people that you vehemently hate? And put yourself in Jonah's sandals just for a moment. He showered up after the big fish episode. Sin designer sandals, I don't know. And he's preaching to people that he hates. And all of them repent. Every single one of them. I wonder what's going on in his heart and mine. God, I'm running from the appointment. I, I just don't I hate these people. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. God uses all kinds of things to remind him of the appointment and get him where God needed him to be. And he's preaching to people that he hates and they all repent. Every single one of them. And they experience God's mercy. What's going on in his mind? Are you serious? Really? Really? And as I was working on my Second sermon that I prepared this week. Oh yeah, Pastor Jordan, is going to cost him. I really felt the caution in my spirit. In our new season, Kelly and I, we preach to preachers. We better never hate the people that God loves. God loves people. We better love people regardless of how they look, how they dress, how they smell, how they talk, how they act, how they vote. We had better love people. Don't you ever be a Jonah that hates the people that God loves. God loves people. God loves people, and so must we. For God so loved the world, that's people He gave His Son. The Bible says, but God demonstrates His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How many are grateful that Jesus didn't wait for us to figure things out? He just died when we were lost, that we might be found, we might be saved, we might be set free. God loves people, and so must we. Almost done. If God can use Jonah against his will, I gotta go here. What could God do through you who are submitted to his will? Wow. A couple of thoughts. Every morning I wake up and I surrender my will, my ways, my plan. For his. How many recognize his plan, his will, his purpose is bigger and better than yours? Yeah. So I try to live a life that's submitted to him. And a lot of times his plan and his will doesn't make sense up here. But you see, I I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'm not going to allow what's between my ears to to represent, you know, uh, 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 disobedience to what God is speaking that elevates and stretches. You see, a true word from God always requires faith. Also, can I challenge you with this? Surrender your heart, your plan, your purpose, your will for His. Embrace the appointment. And here's a big one. Learn to see people and learn to love people how he sees them and he loves them. This is, I'm talking from experience. When you're messed up in the drug culture, 18 to 21, my life was a buzz and a blur. I was just masking the pain with everything I could smoke and everything in between. And I had people that, I mean, they would point their finger at me and, boy, Monty, you should. You're part of a high end family in Oroville, California. You should. And I heard, you know, Monty, you you weren't even wanted. You weren't even loved. Why can't you be smart like your brother? That's how I was raised. And then my spiritual father, Pastor E.E. Smith, he literally reached down and pulled me out of the flames of hell, and he placed me on the rock, Christ Jesus. And I found out that my heavenly father loves me. I found out that, oh, I wasn't unwanted. I was wanted. You see, what what God has done for you, do for others. Why is it that Kelly and I are community relations directors at Lifeline Pregnancy Care Center? Because I was almost aborted. Why is it that the greatest people that run orphanages were once orphans? Are you understanding this? What God has done for you, do for others. You have an appointment, a sacred calling that God has placed upon your life. And how many want to not run away, but run to it? Let me see your hands. Amen, amen. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. The Bible says, Psalm chapter 139, verses 16 through 18. um, Because, I don't know, have you ever wondered what God is really thinking about you? Well, listen to what the Bible says. Every single moment you were thinking of me, wow, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. You saw who you created me to be before I became me, before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of my days you, you planned for me were already recorded in your book Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for we are God's masterpiece he created us anew in Christ Jesus listen, listen, listen so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago you have been appointed the Bible says in Second uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 so we keep on praying for you asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall. Direct your paths. Can you say Amen, Father? Thank you for this day, um, and Lord, as uh, now Kelly and I travel quite a bit, preaching in churches across America. Um, I said this before, but boy, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder and a reality. There are very few churches like Christian Faith Center. We thank you for our heritage, our foundation, and Lord, we thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for pastor jordan and pastor amanda we thank you for the vision you've given them you've given us and now holy spirit i i ask you to just minister to your people because i know that there are people who have been running away from their appointment feeling unworthy feeling like they've disqualified themselves feeling like uh, they've run out of grace They've run out of love. They've run out of mercy. I've strayed too far. I've done too much, God. Holy Spirit, would you mark their lives anew and afresh? There's somebody here that somebody told you that you'll never get your anointing back. That came from the heart of man, not the heart of God. Father, I pray in the Spirit, those who are running, stop, repent, and run to you into that sacred appointment, that sacred purpose for their hearts and lives. And Lord, maybe there's somebody here that doesn't know you in a personal way. Maybe they're far from you. Maybe at one time they knew you, but they've been running away, and they're not where they should be with you. Holy Spirit today. Change hearts and lives as only you can. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You would say, Pastor Monty, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. And, and I've been running, kind of resemble Jonah. But today, I'm going to drive a stake in the ground. I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn around. And I'm coming home. Pastor Monty, would you pray for me? I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I'm running away, but today I'm going to turn around and I'm going to run back. Would you pray for me? Can I see your hands all over the building? Would you raise them high? God bless you. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. God bless you. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Guys, several husbands and wives. Lord bless you. God bless you. Lord bless you. You can put your hands down. Wow. Can I ask you to please stand to your feet? One of the things that I love about Christian Faith Center, and there's so much that I love about this church, I love about you, is this is not just a church to go to. How many are grateful this is a family to belong to? Can we put our hands together? Come on. This is not just a church to go to. This is a family to belong to. A family? We had, I bet you there was 15, 18 people that are going to drive a stake in the ground, and instead of running this way, they're going to start running this way. Can we give them a great big hand? Come on. We celebrate what God is doing in your heart and your life right now. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads, and I'm going to ask you to repeat a very simple yet life-changing prayer out loud after me. It's a prayer that I learned from my spiritual father, uh, I believe 42 years ago. And I'm going to lead you in it. And I'm going to ask everybody in the house to pray this out loud. Those of you who raise your hand, I want you to pray it with all of your heart. Here we go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. Father, please forgive me for the mistakes that I've made, for the sin, and for running away. Lord, today, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse my life. I ask you to open your arms because I'm running home today. I'm going to embrace your appointment for my life. It's a sacred appointment. It involves loving others and loving you above all. I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and amen, and amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a great big hand?